Welcome, everybody. It's No Driving Gloves again. We're just off that episode talking about everything ugly in the world. Uh, getting a little bit of a few emails and some disagreements on that, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Facebook stuff's live. You'll there's uh, We've tried to get posts up of just about everything we talked about that was a little bit obscure. And maybe even some pretty ones, too. And I still haven't decided my most beautiful car. But that was last week. That was then. This is now. And we've got a rare occasion. Uh, Derek skipped out on us tonight. He's talking about and he never gets time off. He Remind him of this. He's getting tonight off. So it's just Will and I. How you doing tonight, Will? Man, just wide open, John. Wide open. I don't know how you do it. You always seem to be going 600 miles an hour and uh, don't plan more than three days ahead. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, you know, it's just uh, kind of the life I live, you know. I mean, I actually did leave work about 5.30 today and went home and cooked dinner with the wife and kiddos and sat down and had a nice dinner and, you know, put your plate in the dishwasher and Come right back to work. It's just, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times that's that's how it is. Um, and this um, self-employment's not exactly all it's cracked up to be for having time off. Um, I'm going to say Zara forgets that, hey, I, I really do have a job, even though I just kind of sit here in my home office and do stuff all day long. But she's got me running 18 different directions, and it's gotten to the point where... I always take two or three hours for the family every night, but it's almost by 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, I'm back on the iPad or I'm back at my computer and putting together reports or figuring out the next advertisement or what marketing or what to do to to grow this little adventure. So we'll see. Well, if, 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 um, if, if you want to be successful, you know, you're not going to be successful sitting on your butt in front of the TV and, I still don't consider myself very successful. I still think that the uh, big old garage has still got a long way to go. And uh, hopefully I always think that way. And then some other little adventures I have going too. So, you know, there's always something going on. There's always something to do. And then again, there's always something to do at home, whether it's, you know, taking the garbage out or cleaning the pool or, you know, blowing the grass off the driveway. There's always something to do. Yeah, it's this interesting thing about self-employment is that I don't know how I got all the, everything done that I did got done when I had, you know, 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week distracting me at a day job. Now I'm here and I'm got, you know, I'm getting a couple of a couple more things done around the house on the honey-do list and I've been telling people I'm busier now that I quit my paying job than when I had a paying job and you know, it's all hustle, and I'm sitting here, and it's hard working when the bank account keeps getting smaller, and there's no income on my end. It just <laughs> just don't don't feel right. But well, it's, it's like when when people retire, they're like, "How did I ever have time to work?" You know, I know my dad was that way. Which, uh, you know, I'd already had Big Oak rolling, and you know, he retired and basically jumped right into a a full-time job at the shop when we were first going and uh, which now, you know, he's hopefully getting to enjoy retirement. Some he's got him a personal, a bigger personal shop built up uh, on the hill. And, 
uh, you know, I try to encourage him to stay up there, piddle with your own stuff, you know, work on your own cars that you've been wanting to build for years. So he seems to be doing that more and more, which I enjoy seeing, you know, that um, he's actually been able to enjoy his time off and not, not being too worried about the shop and what's going on around here. And, uh, but then again, I call him two or three times a day. Hey, can you run and get this? Can you run and get that? And can you run to Nashville or can you take a car to California? You know, so I mean, he still does a lot of that for us, but he does spend a lot of time at his personal shop now too. So which is cool. Yeah. It's always nice to have something to build your schedule around. Um, I guess I'm definitely much more productive on days that I've either got to go to the ad agency or go to the attorneys or, you know, have an appointment with a client. I'm at, you know, oh, appointments at, you know, 11 o'clock. So I want to get all this stuff done before I go. And I find myself maybe doing 15 minutes less Facebook or something that morning or, uh, you know, prioritizing a little bit better. So as I think I get busier, my scheduling will, will work out, but it's just this, that's kind of overwhelming. It's, this change, though I planned it, has been a little bit bigger than I thought, but things have been going on there. And um haven't told you and Derek, but I've even secured uh, a new segment for the uh, podcast. It started for the business, but then all of a sudden it seemed to be better fit our podcast. And we'll fill you in over the next couple of weeks on that. But be looking for, I'm going to say, a slightly longer podcast, but a, with a, a new segment I think everybody will enjoy. And hopefully you and Derek jump onto that too, Will, and it'll add a little bit more variety. There we go. So, now, there's a lot of 10-minute uh, Tony Wantley self-motivation business. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we probably need to have him back now that two of the three of us are uh, self-employed. Maybe get Derek to swing that way at some point. I'll, he's, I think the text message is this week. You know, he's sending some radical cars and talking about how busy he is at the museum. And I, I, I really understand his job from knowing people who did his job, my previous job. And he doesn't really get a day off either. It's just, you know, he's working for somebody. Right. It's a lot. I mean, he's working for somebody, but he's almost self-employed. You know, because he's kind of the the guy that makes everything happen. So, you know, when you're kind of the um, one of the top dogs in the in the place, you know, ultimately you you should have a sense of ownership in the business and want to run it uh, efficiently and and the way you would run it if you owned it. So, yeah, he's you know, number two or th- number th- well, I'd say number three or number four on the totem pole, but he's the face of you know where he works. So exactly everything he does is is him or the people above him. So he, you know his job is to make himself look good, uh, looking you know potentially for an- another job because that's what we all do anymore in this generation, or and to make the people above him look good so that maybe he could advance in you know to to that next higher up position. Yep. That's how it works. So, and that's kind of where you and I, you know, we're trying to squeeze the show in tonight. And you know, Derek had to run away for a, a commitment with the, uh, his wife's work, I believe, tonight. And um, the first one of the first questions I asked you when we got on the mics tonight is, "Hey, you know, we've been talking about travel in the first week of May to the McPherson Cars Car Club Car Show. It's twentieth anniversary show. Uh, our class kind of." restarted that 
and uh, you know did the first two. You know, we we were involved in the first two of this new generation of car show, and I remember when the we we brought it up that the administration wasn't too, or the fac the restoration faculty wasn't too keen. Oh, we've done that before; it's never worked, and. I guess whatever we did 20 years ago um, was right because they have one of the top shows, it seems now, without going too deep into your pocket. I mean, Monterey is always going to be there. Amelia's there. Retromobile in France. Goodwood Festivals. You know, they're huge, huge events. Been going on for, well, Amelia's probably the newest of them. Maybe a Goodwood, you know, 20 years or so. Uh, Pebble's been there since the mid-50s. But I think McPherson's kind of known, and, you know, they draw a very good crowd, very distinguished visitors and guests of honors. And, you know, you and I were talking about, hey, do we want to do this trip? And I think we're, you know, I know I'm doing it. You're still making the final decisions. But where it led to is, are there too many shows? Are there too many concours? I mean, it seems there's if I, if I wanted to and I had, you know, had my own jet or had on, you know, if traveling was free, I could be at a concours every weekend and I'd still have to make a decision. And I think the same thing's true about the hot rod world, is it not? Yeah, yeah. You could definitely be somewhere every weekend. Um, you know, even during the wintertime now, you know, with all of the ISCA events and um you know, major indoor shows. I mean, you, you could go somewhere every weekend pretty much and attend, you know, a major event, whether you want to travel that far, you know, that's up to you. But like you said, if travel was free, uh, definitely you you could go somewhere every weekend. You know, I'm just, you know, we brought this up and, uh, I pulled up my uh, sports car market um, concour guide for 2019, listing all the shows for the 2019 concour schedule. And, the, you know, these are the big guys, and these are the guys that are paying a couple thousand bucks to be in this magazine. February, we have two. March, we have five. April, we have three. May, we have five. June, we have, well, there's seven. Seven. July, we have eight. August, well, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's 16 in August. (laughs) Uh, We've got nine, maybe 10 in September, and October brings us another seven. November brings us one. December brings us one. January brings us one. February brings us two. Literally, every weekend, I could be at a car show. And it's, I don't know, it seems to be the in thing. Uh, even with my you know, personal business, I've been asked to look at helping develop a couple of shows. And one of the goals is possibly a concours. And it's, it's a tough market out there. Um, and for the, I'm assuming most of our listeners are aware of what a concours is. But, you know, the, the quick, I'm trying to, the quick definition, it's just a, Higher end car show. Every car is usually invited. Uh, um, you know, there's. It's a. It's a little bit. It's more than your Saturday night cruise in. Um, how do you want to say it without being too arrogant? But that's kind of what it is. Is you know, a lot of people will spend a, 
you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to restore a car just to do the show, much like I think in the street ride world to do the Good Guys Nationals or America's Most Beautiful Roadster or the Riddler or any of those. Is that again? Is that not right? Or oh yeah, yeah. the The cool thing about the hot rod side of things is you don't have to build a high-end car to go to a good guy's event or even uh, um, a Detroit Autorama or an indoor car show. You can, you can build basically what you like, whether it's a traditional styled hot rod or a rat rod or a, you know, it doesn't really matter. So that's one cool thing about the hot rod side of things is you can build whatever you like. And as long as it's, you know, 70 or actually 87 and older, you can attend a good guy's event. So, yes, there are people that build very, very high-end cars to go after specific awards like the Riddler, Street Machine of the Year, Street Ride of the Year, Three Good Guys, or AMBR. Um, but to attend those shows and to participate in those shows, you can just show up with your hot rod and register it, being the outdoor shows. The indoor shows you have to, you know, apply for, and they'll – they. I've never heard of anybody being denied, um, but it's probably happened, but, um, you know, most of the time you can get, get your vehicle accepted and, and get it in the show. Yeah. And I guess that's where the, uh, classic car community is a little bit different. I was looking at the guide here and seeing what I can, uh, um, uh, what it, what they can say in like the Amelia Island Concours, which happened just, you know, a couple of days before our recording, there's 300 and no, 323 cars were entered are entered in 2018, all by invitation. Um, you know, some of these, the uh, the next next one, which is the Palm event in Palm Beach, Florida, 85 cars in that. So, I mean, sometimes it's not even a huge number of cars. Hundred and a quarter cars, and um, it's just you know, I don't. I think the whole focus of this is: Are there too many? Should we slow down? How do you select? Um, I mean, for Will, it's easy if he's got a client going there. If there's a you know a business opportunity, for me, it's really that all you know the the exposure, especially now that it's work for me. It's all, um, I enjoy going to them personally, but, you know, one or two or three a year, I mean, and these are shows that are going to have 300 SLs or Delahays or Duesenbergs, and, you know, they only built a few hundred of each of these or a few dozens, a few dozen of each of these, so you, you, do to, you go to too many of them, you're going to see the same things. Um, I think Derek and I talked a couple of weeks ago that the uh, uh, Keeneland Concours that's coming up in July in Lexington, Kentucky, you know, they threw out, or not th threw out, but they've tossed out the idea of and are doing a horse-drawn carriage class just to be a little different because no other Concours is doing that. It makes them a little bit different. I also like some of the show fields set up there. Um, the Keels and Wheels Concours is really cool. It's in Seabrook, Texas, and why are you going to go to Texas for a concours? Well, they, they're able to mix, you know, boats and cars and, you know, some of the uh, cooler, uh, bigger concours throw in um, a hangar party usually. 
So you get to go to the, the private airport. You know, you go to Amelia, it's amazing the number of private jets. You've never seen more private jets. You know, and it's more than you see at airports and full-size jets and things. It's just, it's all it is, is, you know, Learjet after Learjet after Learjet or Gulfstream after Gulfstream, whatever. And so now they have the party, you know, they have a big party usually at a, the hangar and uh, Pebble or Amelia and some of these others so that you can hang out with, you know, at the airport. And the jet companies are there trying to sell you jets. Um you know, I always allude, you know, I think it's a statement I heard made by a, a very wealthy person, and I think I believe that. When I can buy my, my, my first jet, then I'll know I've made it. And so I just kind of always pay attention to things like that. You know, Will stuff is, I enjoy going to Will stuff because those are people having fun, and it's, um, I think he's right. I don't think it gets quite the, um, dollar signs that the classic car side of the hobby gets. Well, when you attend certain events and you're going for certain awards, yeah, you get that. You get that a little bit, but you know, at at the end of the day, these, these are guys or customers that have spent that kind of money building an exact car that, that they've dreamed about for years. Um, and, and nothing wrong with restoring, you know, an ultra rare car from, from the thirties or forties or fifties or anything like that. Um, but these cars are built for specific individuals, which is one reason why we've had a discussion after discussion about is them not bringing the money that is invested in them is because there's they're built for one specific person and you know that that person i know you know one of our one of our customers he loves going to car shows and loves the process and you know really loves what other people think about his car too so you know you've seen you know one restored 69 camaro you 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 know you've pretty much seen them all you see a custom 69 camaro no you may not like it um but it is it is somewhat different and um you know built to that guy's taste and that or that shop's taste or whatever so um you do get a little bit of it but it's not near uh near what uh it would be at a conco or something like that and i just always find it interesting because we always make that excuse on hot rods that it's a one of one and it's built for an individual person and we for, I think we forget, and this may, might be a good time to have Derek on the show, but he's not here. We have to remember that Duesenbergs and Cadillacs and cars like that, when you bought them, you bought a chassis. It's like going to Art Morrison and buying a chassis, and then you creating a body on top of it. Um, you said last week, you know, the most beautiful car is a 30, was it a 32 or 36 Ford? Um, Three window, yep. Yep. And so you go buy an Art Morrison chassis and you take that 36 three-window coupe and you put it on that chassis and you do your, you know, what what Big Oak's famous for, tweaking of this and tweaking that and moving this one degree and this, you know, a half an inch. And you're, you're modifying it. But the same thing went on in the 20s with Duesenberg. I mean, you bought a Murphy body or and you put that body on the car, but as the owner, you could individualize that a lot. You could pick the interior you wanted, the fabrics, the colors, and 
So I think, you know, the excuse that oh, hot rods don't bring as much money because they're one-offs, eh, I, I don't know if I buy into that. I think hot rods at some point are going to catch on. I think um, uh, I've seen a couple, you know, we know some of the hot rods that were built back in the 50s are starting to bring big dollars. And, you know, some of these concours are now having classes for these, you know, 40s and 50s and early 60s era built hot rods. It's just the newer stuff. And, you know, it's, I think it's the ones that are proven timeless and, um, I think that's where the 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 care. Nobody knows what's going to be time, timeless, and nobody knows what's going to be that investment. But you know, Duesenberg's have been an investment since day one. Custom body Cadillacs have been been that way, and I can go. You know, I I probably can go and really think of a, a lot of the the coach work and the custom bodied cars. I mean, look at the Delahays. They're all this swooping, flowing bodywork that didn't look like anything to their contemporary cars, but they exist. And, um, they, you know, they've held their value and, you know, they're in the seven figures like everything else. So maybe we're just not to the point that these cars that, you know, Boyd built or, um, uh, Boyd sticks out of my head because you know he's he's the big name, but who who's some of the other guys? The um... well, the the Pizza Porsches, you know, um, I mean those, you know those those cars, and, and I feel what you're saying there. You know, yeah, they're the iconic cars of you know the the hot rod industry yeah they'll they'll eventually come full circle and um you know they're the ones that are showing up at the concord events yeah those those cars are bringing are bringing a lot more than obviously what they cost to build the first time but sometimes more than what they cost to, you know, rebuild and put back to the way they were back in the fifties, but you never know which one it's going to be. Um, obviously if it's got some sort of history with, you know, tied in with hot rod magazine back in the fifties, like the McMullen roadster and cars like that. Yeah. Those, those definitely are, are the most sought after hot rods right now. Going back to, the shows and, and concours and stuff. I, I personally think that there could be more higher end. I say higher end. Um, there could be more national type event car shows. There's, you know, good guys puts on 18 events a year or they are in 2019. They, they vary one or two events a year. You know, granted, of the 19, there's only about four or five that, you know, logistically make sense for me to attend. So you throw that out there, there's five um, that I don't, I don't attend five every year. I'm, I'm in the two or three every year for good guys. Shades of the Past, which has really become a national car show. 
since they uh, came up with the triple crown of rotting that they do. Those are really as far as big awards that you can win. You know, those you got those five and then shades of the past and for winning awards, those are, you know, those are your best shows locally to, you know, the, the Southeastern Eastern part of the United States. So I think there's actually room for more of those type of shows in, in our area. Um, but when you start looking at just what we call fun shows to go to, um, which don't get me wrong, we don't build cars for awards, but you know, it, it makes the customer feel good. And that's ultimately how you get recognition on a national level is winning big awards. So that's the main reason we go after awards. I'm not a trophy hunter, never have been, never will be, but I am a customer hunter, you know, and, and, and how you get, more customers and, and grow your business is ultimately win awards. And that, that brings the customers to your shop because you become more recognizable and, and, you know, everybody wants a high quality car built. So, but then, you, you know, you got SEMA every year that, yeah, it's all the way across the country, but we attend every year. So, you know, personally, I, I think there is room for a few more shows. Um, you know, I, I could go to a show and promote the shop every weekend, but there's some I choose to go to, some some I choose not to go to, and, you know, some I'll go to one or two times, and then I'll try something else. So that's that's kind of where I'm at on if there's too many. Um, to me, there could never be too many car shows. You know, I, I would rather make the decision like, well, that's what I'm having to do with McPherson. You know, I, I really want to go to McPherson, but Nashville Good Guys is the same weekend. You know, yeah, it kind of puts me in a in a in a in a spot on making a tough decision. But I would rather see more car shows happening than less car shows happening, just for the sheer fact that 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 means that our industry is growing. There's more people building hot rods, and more people wanting to promote shows and put them on, and and, and you know. I've put on car shows before. Um, actually starting to put on another car show this year, believe it or not. Um, it's a lot of hard work for really not a whole lot of reward. So, and the reason we do it is because we love it. So to, to all the people out there that are car show promoters and do put on car shows, yeah, there's some out there that make a good living doing it. But then again, most of the people out there putting on car shows, most of them don't even put a dime in their pocket. I'm kind of a little bit off, of, you know, from Will, and then I think there's too many. Like I said, I can do at least one a week if I wanted to in the traveling. You know, looking at the southeast, it's tough doing shows in the southeast because of the heat and heat, uh, weather, population. But, you know, I don't know what I listed off, how many shows total. But the thing is, each one of those shows, on average, is going to have 100 to 200 cars. I'm trying to quickly look here, and, you know, the Morgan's Adam Concord d'Elegance in Inglewood, Colorado. Um, let's see here, $250 a ticket to get into the thing. 
Uh, founded, okay, those guys are making uh, money. <laughs> <laughs> well, founded in 2003, 100 automobiles, 45 aircraft, and 50 vintage motorcycles. So 195 items on display. Um, a 32 Packard 904 um, was last year's best to show. Um, but like I said, it's you've got people clamoring to get to these things. You've got, you know... A lot of, you know, out of, say, the 195 entries for this show, and, and it's obviously motorcycles, airplanes, and cars, some of these people are paying to be in it. Some people are getting comped because of who they are or what cars they bring. So putting together some of these budgets, it's it's hard to, you know, hard to say if they're making money. Many of these shows are done for charity, and, I mean, they bring in millions and millions of dollars for whatever cause they're supporting, whether it be uh, juvenile diabetes, multiple sclerosis, um, children's hospital. So they help and they benefit, and while I can sit here being my high and mighty self and say there's too many of them, Obviously, there isn't because there's people that are participating. These shows all have waiting lists to get in unless they're a first year show. And then you just invite everybody the first year and the second year. Everybody wants to come to your show. It's um, it. Like I said, it goes whatever. So while I say there's too many and it keeps me way too busy, the nice thing is and we sit here and say that. You know, the car hobby's dying, kids aren't into cars, and the podcast has a couple shows co coming up with topics that help address some of what we think in children and cars. There's people going to these things, and they're paying, you know, Disney World admission prices or higher just to go for six hours and look at some cars and hobnob with some people, and maybe there isn't too many. Um, like <laughs> I said... I'm I'm talking with some investors and some sponsors, and we might put to, we might add another one to the list next you know next year in 2021. These you know, it's hard to plan something that you're going to charge you know 100 200 bucks to get into and plan it in six months, but we all can hope. Yeah, and the 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 hot rod people, you know. Boy, they they complain about paying sixty five dollars to register a car for good guys. You know, I mean that's that's a deal. <laughs> and you get a and you get a subscription to a magazine for a year that your car <laughs> might even be in. I mean, I, I never complain about the entry fee for a car show because I know, man, I know the work it takes to put those things on and. And it's not like good guys is having them out in the field that didn't cost nothing to rent, you know. I mean, they're paying, they're paying big money just to just to have the shows in certain locations. So, I mean, anyway, I, I don't, I don't think good guys charges too much, and it ain't nothing compared to what it sounds like it costs to go to a Concord event. Well, it depends. I mean. Pebble Beach has tickets, I think, that go up into the uh, $2,500, $3,500 range. And I guess I should look that up so I don't misquote them and get sued. Um, Pebble Beach Concord d'Elegance. And this is the creme de la creme, you know, the show that everybody wants to be at. 
uh, 200 cars in it. General emission, 375. Club, 825. Patrons on the patio, 2,500. And the hospitality suites are 3,000 per person. Wow. So, I mean, it's it's one reason I don't go to Pebble is I I can't afford to. (laughs) But there's a lot of other Concord and there's a lot of other events. So whether it be a Saturday night cruise in, whether it be... You know, Pebble Beach, if you're if you're out there, you're able to go buy your tickets now. The funny thing is they sell out and all the events that are tied to Pebble Beach sell out. And the reason they're so expensive is to control the crowd because people are want to go. If they charged one hundred dollars a ticket to get into the Pebble show, ten times the people would be there. And right now, even at four hundred, well, three hundred and seventy five dollars a ticket. It's hard to move on the field, from what I understand. I've got groups of friends that go every year, and they talk about the number of people, and you really can't see anything or do anything. And you know, the pictures all look great, but the pictures are taken by the media that are there at 5 in the morning with their press passes before the general public gets there. Yeah, I'm out. I ain't paying $375 <laughs> to go to a, you know, any car show. I mean, I just... I say that. I mean, I probably would certain shows, but, you know. Pebble Pebble does certain things. A couple of years ago, they brought every Ferrari GTO ever made to one place. And where else are you ever going to see that? You didn't see that at Ferrari in 1962 and 63. It's the only time it's really ever happened to the general public. Uh, You know, you get little things like that, even... The event we had at Barber's, the Barber Vintage Festival, we brought nine of the ten Britain motorcycles. You know, these are motorcycles rumored to be worth a million dollars a piece, and cutting edge technology, etc. And you know, nine of the ten. Where are you going to see those together? And you know, the Vintage Festival, on the other hand, was fifty bucks a day to get into, um, and then to, you know, plus you had to pay to get into the museum, so it cost you eighty five bucks to see these. But it gives you an opportunity to see or you know, be able to take certain pictures or say you've been somewhere that's legendary and doesn't happen. I don't know where we went with this show. <laughs> it's it's a short one, but it's, uh, these shows are important, whether, you know, I, I look at them anymore, especially this year, from a business standpoint, last few years when I was with the museum is, where can, what, who can I meet there? What can I see there? And what do we have that would be beneficial that would draw attention to the museum and help educate the public. Um, but if you're going just as a spectator to have fun, pick up one of these Concours guides. You know, I think you can get it digitally on Sports Car Market's website for, I don't know, a couple bucks or something. Or, you know, just look in your newspaper. And again, whether it's you go to your local grocery store parking lot on a Saturday night or you choose to go to good guys or hot rod power tour or anything get out there and enjoy the cars and drag somebody along with you drag somebody who's not a car person with you and what's funny is i'm kind of wrapping up the show here but it's the the old adage you know the cars bring the people together it's the people that keep us coming back and you know once I think non-car people start meeting car people and finding out we're all nice people. Uh, all it does is help the hobby and helps me feed my kids. <laughs> 
and likewise for me. <laughs> so, do you have more to add to that one, Will, or we're just going to wrap it up there? And honestly, this is probably going to lead into what I was teasing a little bit at the beginning, but. No, I, I'm good. Um, you know, hey, somebody out there listening, you know, there's room for other big hot rod shows with big awards and high stakes and, um, you know, make it happen. Big Oak will show up and, you know, the other top shops in the country will show up too. If you can make the award um, prestigious and hard to get, that's what people want. People want the stuff that's hard to get. They they want hard competition. They They want the best people to show up and it's hard to win. Um, in saying that the right car has to win to keep that show rolling the way it needs to roll. And yes, that is a stab directly at the Detroit Autorama and the Riddler award. So. And that, that's two weeks for Will. He rarely stays bitter two weeks in a row. Let's wrap up the show there. Let's ask our listeners again. Give us some feedback on social media or send us an email or we'll post some various shows this week. I'll have Will give me a list of uh, hot rod shows. I'll get Derek to send in some uh, the, you know, brass era shows and things like that. I'll throw out some concours and sport, sports car type events. We'll put them up on the Facebook, try to do the type same type thing we did he, this week and maybe integrate some of our Instagram. But let us know what shows you're going to. Let us know what shows you think people should go to and why. Um, I, I have asked a couple of times here, What other than the big ones, I, I know I need to be at Pebble. I know I need to be at Amelia. I know I need to be at the Concord de Amer- the Americas. What shows do I need to be at to, to market my new business? Or what shows should Will be at to maybe find a new client? Or you know, what shows should er- Derek be at to potentially pick up a new car for his you know, personal stable. Um, just let us know where would you like to see us or where, where do you think the listeners would enjoy going with that? I'm going to check out. Sorry for the short show, but busy, busy, busy. I'm out of here. See you guys.